If you're just joining us, welcome back to the Madam Talkative podcast. Uh, this is another episode within our series of maybe I need therapy too. Um, we've been talking to tons of people, tons of my friends uh, who have had the experience of um, attending therapy, who continue to be in therapy or who were in therapy in the past. Um, and so we'll continue to just chat with them. If you don't know why I'm doing this series, it's literally because I'm looking for a therapist as well. And it's been proven really hard. So I'm hoping that as I'm talking to people, I gain some tips and tricks of finding the right therapist for me. Um, and I hope you, if you're interested and you want to find a therapist, I hope this is helpful for you too. So today we are going to be talking with my very, very dear friend, Jessica, AKA Bomb Bomb. You don't have to know where that name came from. It is none of your business. Um, Jessica and I go way back. I think we met in like 2007. 2006 all right yeah seven eight 2007 or eight when we were just confused children in the farm um we went to met in boarding school um and we've tried to keep the friendship on and along across continents um when she was in london and i was in swaziland and when she was in where did you do your like san francisco and i was somewhere else um and yeah so it's just great right. to have jessica on um to share with us about her experience in therapy um, we're going to get some good, good information from her about therapy, like seeking therapy and attending therapy in two different countries and two different health systems, like um, context. So I think that will be really interesting to hear. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, if you haven't yet followed us on Spotify and on Instagram, I don't even know what you're waiting for. How else are you going to know when we have other topics come up or we have other guests co-hosts online? Like this is for your own good, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody else. Okay. All right. So Jessica, yeah, take it away. Just let us know who you are. Um, just introduce yourself to the people. The people want to know who you are, my dear. Who, who you are so loaded. Um, my name is Jessica Zituba. Um, I am currently a pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, I have a bachelor's and a master's in international business and management, as well as a bachelor's and a master's in advanced nursing practice. Um, I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out GA, ATL, Miaoche. Um, but yes, um, let's see. Therapy, therapy, therapy. Um, I've been going to therapy for a really, really, really long time. And it's not even been about, oh, why do you need therapy? What happened for you to need therapy? It was just more so of needing an outlet, somebody to just kind of, you know, talk to, talk with, talk at, need I say. You've been going to therapy for, you said for a long time. How long would you say you've been going to therapy for? Um, I think the very, very first time. 2011 maybe 2011 yes i think 2011 so that's what so that's about that's about 10 years of therapy <laughs> that's about 10 so years you, you well, are a veteran in between though so but yeah okay so you're a seasoned veteran it is i think we're gonna learn a lot from you today um so um and, and you said like you started therapy um just to have someone to talk with talk to talk at you know i think that's very important like share your thoughts and whatnot um so where were you when you started therapy in your life like what stage in your life were you so I had just left Nigeria. I was done with like secondary school. And the year before I left Nigeria, I would say, I just 
I was like a victim of a very traumatic experience. And because of the way Nigeria is kind of structured and the way my life was set up where, oh, I'm leaving, you're going to school, you're gonna get these degrees, you're going to be somebody. It wasn't a question of, oh, I can't sit down and deal with this. I just had to suppress, be a big grown up and move on. And that was pretty much how I just went about it till I left the country. Um, I was doing my foundations course in somewhere in Leicestershire, um, Brookhouse College. Mm-hmm. And over time, I just started to feel, hmm, when you know when you go to the clinic to get like a, to see like then in the UK, it's like the NHS system. So you see like a GP, mm-hmm. a general provider. And you do all those questionnaires, like um, the MCHAT or one of those different type of like questionnaires that tell you, oh, how's your mood today? How do you feel nine out of, nine out of 10 times? Um, do you ever feel like you have a hard time getting out of bed? You know, those depressive type questions and you're just clicking and all of a sudden somebody tells you, oh, you scored somewhere between here and here. Mm. And I think you need to see somebody like have a follow-up, just, you know, talk and I would say then I wasn't really tainted with any um, previous mindset of me- mental health or anything. So I was basically, I had no concept, no nothing. That's also, interesting. That's interesting. Or 17. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I feel, first of all, I don't know, in Americas, do our GPs ask us questions like that? Because that would really be helpful. First yes, of all, they do. They yes. do? As hmm. a provider myself, I would say yes, they do. So if you're going to a practice where they're not asking you these questions, mm. you better find a new practice. Okay. Thank you for flagging that. Because I mean, maybe they ask, and you know, so much is happening in your life. You don't even realize the questions you're answering. But I think mm-hmm. that's so helpful. And I'm, I'm very glad that at, like, at, such a, at that age, like you said, 16, 15, um, you didn't have any prejudices around it. And so it, you didn't feel sort of targeted or attacked by someone suggesting that you talk to somebody else. Right. Right. That's, that's good. That's interesting. And, and thanks for sharing. And I'm so sorry about like the traumatic incidents. It's, it's, ne- you know, we just, we pray that we all never have to have that trigger for us to seek help. Um, right. but it's also just uh, thankful that, right. That you were able to address that, um, in, during your therapy sessions. So, you know, you fill the form out, um, and they suggest that you speak with someone. What was the next step from there? Um, I think, I, th- I think they set up an, assi- uh, an appointment and I had to go to like a different um, place. Then this was like a behavioral health um, clinic or something like that. And I remember my very first appointment, it was like a mini, like a, what do they call the thing? Consultation. Okay. So I had mm-hmm. a prior consultation before I actually met with a therapist. And the prior um, consultation was more about just screenings. So I think I went through maybe three or four screenings. And these are basically like, questionnaires you ask, they ask the question four different people or just three or four screenings with the one three or four screenings with the one person okay. so it's essentially just a room and then you and somebody and then they give you some forms and mm. some crackers and juice and <laughs> you baby. remember the crackers and juice oh yes oh yes <laughs> can't forget that part because essentially after a few minutes it's just you and the paperwork and then you mm. fill it they give you some space to fill it all out you take breaks you can think you can really you know Okay. go through it and then at the end someone comes and sits with you and then explains what the paperwork is what the scores mean okay and then after that they then set up an appointment Did I, I don't even remember if i got to pick i don't if even got rem- to pay if i got to pick um oh. the therapist itself oh. if i got to even pick a gender i don't hmm. think it was any of i don't remember it's been this has been a long time mind you this is a yeah. really long time so mm-hmm. i don't really 
recall how we went down specifically, but I know, I, I remember clearly the first appointment being me. I met this white, um, well, Caucasian female woman, like very empowered. She was in like gray pants, really cute top. And she just sat down there and I sat down on the couch um, across from her. And then she goes, she introduces herself. She tells me a little about her background, how she does this, what she does. And then she goes, your turn. And in my head, I'm thinking, huh, I guess this is how this goes. So I explain myself. I give her the whole spiel. Well, I went to boarding school for six years. I'm Nigerian, so I'm a long way from home. And after that, she just says, so um, what brings you here? And I'm like, I feel like one of those questionnaires, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, you know, all simple. I'm just trying to give her the points. Like, this is more of a meeting. You ask me questions. I give you the answers. Boom, boom, boom. I check it off. I can go home. Mm. This was my mindset. And then she goes, so how did you get here? I tell her all that. And she's like, is there anything you would like to talk about? I'm like, no. And she's like, that's okay. We could just sit here today. Uh -uh. <laughs> that is how the rest of that appointment went. You just sat there and you're looking at the woman. We just sat there and looked at each other. And so it was like a 40 minute appointment. I'll say for like the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, we did the back and forth. Mm -hmm. And after that, we really just sat down there. It was very quiet. There was like waterfalls in the background. It was really calming. Mm -hmm. Although there wasn't much conversation, coming out of there, I felt really, I just felt good, you know? She okay. gave me kind of like a very, I felt safe. Mm -hmm. And then she said, will I see you next week? I said, um, I'm not really sure. She's like, I guess I'll see you next week. I said, okay. All right then. Wow. That's so interesting. A first experience. I feel like that is so, so intimidating as well. But I mean, I knew you at that age and you were a powerhouse and still are. So I'm guessing it, it makes sense that sort of such a confrontation makes you feel comfortable because you're with somebody, like you said, you know, just seemed really powerful in her gray pants and nice top and introduced herself versus making you feel intimidated. It's very, ladies and gentlemen, it's very hard to intimidate Jessica Zitubo. I would just have you know this. This is not somebody you want to cross in them streets in the back alley or anything. She will run up on you. But that is so, so funny that she just let you stare at her and she just stared back at you for like 20 minutes in the office. Wow, therapist is so interesting. It was calming, I would say. It was weird, it was strange, but it was very calming. Mm. And did you did end up seeing well. her for a while? Wait, you said you didn't I, sleep well? I did sleep well oh, afterwards. Mm. I think that's like the first night I probably had a good night's rest in a wow. long time. Wow. So it wow. definitely had an effect. And I def that's how, when I knew I was going back. Okay. And so for how much longer back. did you see this particular therapist? Mm. So I saw her for at least a year, okay. I would say. Okay. And... It was, it wasn't from what I know now therapy to be. And mm. then I see what the difference was. She was more about just establishing like a safe space, making me feel comfortable enough to share mm. and bearing in mind that, oh, this is not my country. I'm just here on like for educational purposes and I have a lot, had a lot on my plate. Mm. So it was very in the sense of she wasn't trying to confront anything that happened with me or anything of the sort and at the time honestly I didn't think that even factored because to me it's like oh yeah we're just in a new environment I'm probably just adjusting to being so far away from home maybe this is why I'm upset all the time when things don't work and I'm just mad you know mm. and so she definitely helped me with like understanding um 
what sadness feels like, what happy feels like. Well, and we did this through like different modes of just communication. Okay. Does the, did one of those modes of communication stick out to you? Because I find that a lot of times people say therapy teaches them how to handle their emotions, how to express their emotions, mm-hmm. but they also get like tangible, like tips and tricks that they take out into the world. Is there like something she taught you that even in like your professional personal life today, you still use as a way to like handle and express your emotions better? Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, she just, the one thing I took away from that particular therapist was it's okay to feel the way you feel. She just made kind of reinforce my feelings to say, if you're happy, is um, that's fine. But also if you're sad and you just want to scream and cry, why not? It's so okay it was, not to be okay. That's like mm. the, exactly, there we go. It's pretty much mm. like she kind of reinforced that it's okay not to be okay. And you're not wrong for that. But she wanted me mm. to kind of understand that you're better off screaming it out as opposed to suppressing it in. Mm-hmm. And did it, you share about this with family like at that stage or was this just something no. you kept to yourself oh wow hell no Mm-mm. hell to the no so I think one of the reasons or one of the reasons why it was a lot easier for me to kind of keep it to myself and all that is because I was a long way from home and the NHS system I got because I was a student because I went through school. So this is not like back home in Nigeria where you're going to see a doctor, your mom's going with you. They ask you this, your mom's eyeing you one side. So you know how you have to respond. (laughs) So it was definitely uh, nothing like that. It was, there was just no reason to tell anybody because it's none of their business. They would never find out if I never wanted them to know, you know? Mm. And because my mom and I around that stage, we didn't really get along really well because I was going through a lot being a teenager and being one that was really going through um a lot of emotions and a lot of issues it was very that we just always had a clash and now that I'm older I can see we clashed a lot because what I like yeah yeah I feel like every daughter goes through that where you're like oh wow is this gonna be me in 20 years I'm already tired in advance (laughs) right so She's always telling me how, what are you sad about? Um, put a smile on your face. You're too pretty to not smile. Um, and there'll be times where I just, you know, I just, I'm just sad and I'm just, I just outburst in tears and, and I'm just like, I'm just sad, you know? And my mom will be like, you should pray more. Children of God should not be sad. You know, mm. the usuals. My so dear. getting to leave the country and have somebody else, this is a random white woman I don't know from anywhere, mm. look at me and tell me that, everybody on this planet probably goes through these emotions at least once in their life so it's very normal yeah and just her reinforcing that it maybe made me feel like hmm, perhaps I could learn how to work with this if everybody else is experiencing it and no one is really talking about it no one's showing or no you understand like it's low-key for everybody why can't you be low-key for me too so that's kind of my that was how my takeaway from that was Mm. So fast forward to the moment you actually talk to your family or maybe just your mom about therapy. How old were you and what made you feel like, okay, I'm ready now to share about this, um, this experience? I don't think there's ever been a conversation about it. But now somehow, my, I mean, my, my mom knows I go to therapy because it's just, everybody knows I go to therapy, man. It's not something I hide. I, I'm always the person telling people, 
you should probably go to therapy. Nothing has to be wrong with you to go to therapy. Right. And that's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Nothing has to be wrong with you to go to therapy. For, in fact, if you're alive right now and you survived last year, you should be in therapy. My dear. You absolutely in therapy because you you need to learn. It's, last year was traumatic for anybody. Mm-hmm. No matter how, how much you got to like grow, no matter how much you got to, you know, slow down, catch up with the world. And here's a little poem to tide you on your way. It's a nice day to be sad. If my tears could drop, they would fall to the ground on which I stand, ready to fall apart. But it's a nice day to be sad. There is nothing holding me back. It's cold outside and the sun is shining bright. So my tears will dry on their own. It was traumatic regardless. There were just so many things going off. And like from the beginning of the year to the end, it was one roller coaster from to the next. So that in itself just helps you have a safe space and an unbiased mind view to kind of help you understand what you're feeling and how you're um, supposed to go through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, hmm, I never actually, it's funny because now when I talk to my mom about like, you know, mental health and things like that, it's never really been, a, she has never come out to ask me, oh wait, why have you been going to therapy? What are you going to therapy for? Or anything like that. No, it's never been anything of the sort. I think it's a conversation we should probably sit down to have. <laughs> now that I think about it but I know on several occasions I said to my mom perhaps you should go to therapy you know that was going to be my next question it's like um I always say I wonder what where we would be as people um as individuals if um people that we looked to and people who raised us family you know like Mm -hmm. parents aunties just people adults around us that we sort of absorbed society from if they went to therapy how different we would be would we be um and I, I always wonder that um and I wonder like when you tell your mom perhaps you go to therapy how does she respond is she like my dear please to your own do your own <laughs> let me do my own or is she like hmm maybe and I quote I talk to my god every day <laughs> this I no I'm not kidding this is the response every time <clears throat> every time to the point where when my mom's sad or she's feeling depressed she almost feels like she needs to apologize to god for the feeling and i'm just like do you feel bad for having a headache no you don't it says it's pretty much the same it kind of works in the same line with being Mm -hmm. depressed you you're you're supposed to some things are going to make you depressed if you lose someone so close to you of course you'll be depressed if you woke up one day and you went to work happy and all of a sudden you lost your job hell yeah you're gonna feel it you know but we don't have to wait for something to go wrong to seek out therapy and that's what I really want that's what I really want people to kind of understand to kind of get out of out of this most a lot of us are walking around with like on unresolved issues baggage baggage we don't even realize we have we don't even know we have this we're just walking around and 
coping oh today i feel like crying i just want to cry tomorrow i look at something and i'm pissed off all of a sudden but you don't know you're being triggered Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like take you to the lord in prayer works and will always work if you're someone who believes in that but it's not i think the statistical term is like it's not mutually exclusive like you can have both you can take it to the lord in prayer and you can also talk to somebody about it right um and if you're someone of faith a lot of churches <laughs> offer counseling as well um i know my church here in maryland is very into that because there's a lot of hurt in the community and so they mm-hmm. really really emphasize that anybody who's a counselor um a prayer like a prayer partner or somebody goes through some level of training to be able to counsel people um, because mental health, um, is a, is a real thing. And like you said, it's, 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 a, it's physical in the way that it's emotional as well. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not a, like a figment of someone's imagination. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So question for, so now, mm-hmm. right. So we spoke about like years ago in London, mm-hmm. in the UK, um, you know, mm-hmm. finding therapy that way. Now you're in Atlanta. Now you're four degrees later. I feel like we need to talk about those four degrees at some point in time because I also feel like maybe that is also the reason why you are stressed. It, it, it's definitely it's in... part of the reason why I'm still in therapy. How many I... degrees do you want? So, so give one. You will soon call us now and tell us it's PhD. One more and I'm done. Don't worry. One and more. one more in what? One more. One more and a couple certifications, you know. A couple certifications. Carry on. After you now, who now you? It's I'm doing okay. the Lord's work, please. I'm doing the Lord's work. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. But back to the topic, right? So right, now you're in Atlanta um, and you want to find a therapist. How did you go about it? Ooh, let's see. So currently my insurance does not cover the, my therapist. It's through, I forget what the system I use and actually... Is your insurance through college, like your school or like? No. Okay. So my school, well, when I was in school, they, we had like a, it's like a student services mm. and they had a behavior, they had behavioral health specialist that used to like, you know, if you wanted counseling, you could go in and like have a um, private conversation with like the workers at the unit. I did that when I first got here because I had just moved. I didn't know anybody and my therapist from Colorado. So I moved to Atlanta from Atlanta, Georgia from Colorado. And my therapist there was very good with, she told me, look, once you move before you finally get yourself in the swing of things, if anything happens, feel free to call me. I'll be happy to have like telehealth sessions with you virtually. It's funny now that everything is pretty much telehealth, but it was such a big issue. We had to jump through so many hoops to get the paperwork just so when she has the session with me, it could still be covered by my insurance. Oh, wow. It was so messy. It was such a long and tedious process, but we both had to keep up with it and it worked. That is so funny like that you said that long and tedious process because I remember when all the transitions to virtual telespaces happened at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of folks who had been um, treated unfairly because of a disability that they presented to like their workspace, their school space, mm-hmm. and that the school was not willing to create adaptations for them or, or like work with them all of a sudden the school now finds a way to proctor exams virtually finds a way to offer all resources and all classes and everything virtually like everything virtual health it's like 
you just didn't think people with disabilities were worth the effort. And now that the whole economy is crumbling, you're more than willing. And it's so unfair how we just treat those like needs as like a sideline rather than knowing that it's, it's a very little effort to make those spaces available for people. Very little. Right. Yeah. So you have a therapist like in Colorado who's like, quote unquote, like a transition almost to Atlanta. Yeah, so I mm-hmm. lived in Colorado for, I think, three or four years. And I think my first year there, actually, I didn't even, I didn't seek out therapy at all. Plus, when I, after I left England and moved to the U.S., I didn't go to therapy at all. I kind of just took everything I learned from my first therapist in England, like coping mechanisms, things to do. And so I was very active. Getting my MBA in San Francisco in the span of 12 months was kind of, yeah, it was tedious. It was a lot. So I was occupied and it's really hard to be down or, you know, go through the motions when you don't even have time to eat. So I was mm. working out, I was um, doing weightlifting tournaments. I was teaching Zumba. I was doing a lot of things in the span of that one year. So I was very occupied. I had healthy coping mechanisms. And when I transitioned from San Francisco and then moved to Colorado, it was kind of like a slow process because one, fresh out of school, two, jobless, three, trying to, to get work in the times and the limited time I have before my OPT expires or something. So there was just a lot going on. And I just said to myself, yeah, it's time. It's time for me to get back into therapy. And that was so, it was actually a much um, easier process then because of the insurance that I had. And so I saw, saw a provider, it always works this way. You see a provider, they give you a referral to go to um, mental health, and then you find a mental health um, network that you're, that's within your insurance, and then you get to pick which provider you want to see. So there was like a database online, and you just get to click on um, who you want to consult with, if they're taking new patients. A lot of people, for some reason at the time, weren't taking new patients, and I thought it was mm. really strange. If you're going to give me a data, database of like, oh, go look at therapies, it would be nice for me to see a, a place to click, oh, accepting new patients. Yeah. If there were a hundred names on that list, maybe only 10 wow. were accepted. Yes, that's how that's how stressful it actually was. was. So me ending up with this, um, of course, another old Caucasian female. <laughs> if they work for you, they work for you, my I mean, dear, right? <laughs> right. So far, I've really only had one um, male therapist mm. and I only saw him maybe three sessions and that's because it was through school. Mm, it's okay. almost, for some reason, there's just, there are just more um, women in the industry. Yeah. But also, it's one thing to meet a therapist, sit down with them and for it not to click. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you have, and you, do you ever have those experiences where you're trying to like shop for a therapist and you have to yes. do multiple sessions? Okay. I say I've had one experience where I'm like, yeah, I'm never coming back. What That's was it. that? Do you mind sharing? Cause I wonder what it is when you sit down in that space and you're like, yeah, this is not working for me. So this was my, this was actually in Georgia here. This was the very first. So first of all, I went to my school through that student services. I saw this really nice young guy. He was cute too. So it really helped that focus, he was Focus, madam. Focus. <laughs> when you Honestly, focus. I would never, if I had the choice, I would never want a male therapist. Mm. Let me just be honest with you. There's only so much that I can explain to him and for him to want to tell me, oh, I understand. I would definitely tell you, you know, you don't. 
Mm-hmm. You can't understand. You're just studying. You just can't understand. But he was very, very good at making me feel very calm, making me feel welcome. And then he said to me, oh, it's my last um, month here. I have literally five or six weeks and then I'm done. So already there was a clock on, from my first appointment with him, I knew there was a clock on oh, the so relationship. Oh, to find somebody else. Yeah. yeah. So in that time span, I was seeing him and he was actually helping me find places. Like there was like, he had like a, had connects. And so we found a couple um, references that kind of overlapped between who was in coverage with my insurance and people he kind of knew or friends of friends he kind of knew in the area because I was new. I took one appointment with, I think it was another woman and actually she was African-American. I'm not sure if she was of African descent. I re- we didn't get that far. I just, she gave me those, you know, um, old Nigerian woman type traditional vibes where, mm. what are you so sad about? What are you so, it's not like she said that, but the atmosphere was not just right. Mm. So I read energy a lot. I need to feel safe or calm before I can even tell you, oh yeah, um, I went to boarding school when I was 10, I've done this. I can't even begin to tell you just facts, simple facts about myself if I don't feel welcome. So there was Mm. just not a vibe. It was more, I felt like I was in an interview. There we go. It was more like an interrogation as opposed to being a, a therapy session. And if not that I had prior experience of what therapy should feel like, I would have thought that's it. And I would have never gone back. I would have never sought out another person. I would have just said, nope, been there, tried it. It's not for me. So I really liked that I was, I had prior experience and I could say, yeah. Even at the end of the appointment when she's like, um, so I'll see you next week. I'm like, I don't think so. I just don't think this is a good fit. Mm. And she said, well, maybe I should sleep on it. And um, and you slept and woke up and we're like, yeah, nope. <laughs> Before I even went to the sleep, I said, <laughs> no. I will not be going back. Oh my God. You also need to factor in that. I'm not from here. I've bounced around a lot. I don't think I've lived anywhere in my life longer than three years. Mm. So there's there's already, you have to make me feel safe. Like I need to, it needs to feel like home. There we go. It needs to feel like home for me to feel comfortable enough to talk to you. But if you just want to interrogate me and see, oh, let me just peel the layers and see what's underneath. Yeah, nope. Mm. So after that, I actually didn't look for any more therapists. That was it for me. And I just said, yeah, I'm gonna take a break from all of this. And since I can't talk to this guy anymore cause he was done. I actually never went back to student services at my school. Okay. It was just one all be done up until I think it was my second semester at Emory and I was just losing hair. I think I was so stressed out. I wasn't sleeping. I was having a, experiencing a lot of like flashbacks. There was just so many things mm. going on. And my personality, my emotions are very sensitive to a point where when my mind is kind of all over the place, everything is messed up. I can't sleep. I'm, I don't want to eat. I don't, it was just out of nowhere and so um I think I had pushed myself so much like okay with school I have to study I have to do this until I collapse that school 
you collapsed at school and this was like a whole this like the whole other i don't even it's like <laughs> i wouldn't even know where to begin it was the whole other ordeal to begin with i was just so emotionally exhausted yeah i wasn't sleeping i i I was really beat up at this point. You know when you just feel like you're carrying the pressure of the whole world but you still have to have good grades, you still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I got into Emory with a 4.0 um prereq G- um GPA. So I had really pushed myself all the while I was working. So I think I remember that. that. I remember yeah. that time. So I think yeah. at the time I didn't feel the damage but afterwards after like the stress of working full time and going to school full time and then finally getting into my dream school yes i got in all right time to keep up with the um prestige keep up with the brilliance let's go and my body just said nope i'm going to take a rest packed up she packed up <laughs> like i'm going to take a rest now cuz i don't know what you're doing but i need to relax and that was just it so through school i got to talking with i think she was my case manager at the time because when like i said like the experience the way it actually played out with school and that's the whole other tra- trauma to even think about and then that's kind of what brought up like prior it was more like flashbacks of like things that happened like what 5 6 7 years ago before i even left nigeria and mm. i'm like oh, why did i think oh i was done with um this you know i had suppressed i had built new um coping mechanisms on top of the trauma and now it's all sealed and wrapped up in a pretty bowl mm. and we're never going to speak of it again i was wrong so i got to talking with her as my case manager for school to help me kind of manage the stresses from school doing an accelerated program is not for the faint of heart now doing one back to doing two different programs back to back i would not recommend <laughs> you heard it here folks. <laughs> recommend. Don't do it. Your body like the temple that it is because if you think your mind's still going, your body will t- eventually catch up to what you're doing. Take a break. So she let me know um she was my case manager. She let me know oh, that she has a private practice. She does um um CBT cognitive behavioral therapy amongst other types of therapy. But for her to be able to see me I would have to like sign a disclosure and then transfer all of my um case with school to oh, a different okay. person yeah cuz there's a conflict of interest there will be no way for her to be my case manager at school and, and also, also your therapist me. yes mm. so she was very very helpful about getting me helping me um transition i got to transfer my case to her colleague like this person that worked with her at the office so it wasn't such a hassle the only thing was at the time i don't think she was under taking any she was just private she hasn't mm. or i was already established and there was a there's a service open path i think it's called open pathway or something like that and she had told me oh there's a service that her practice is run through and a lot of other um therapists and behavioral health specialists actually posts on there So you actually go in it's very secure it's very safe pretty sure it's open path honestly it's what i still use and it was very very helpful and i've been seeing her for what now going on 2 years 2 to 1/2 years and i have friends that also go to see her so when i tell you that 
when you find somebody that just, you know, works for you, yeah, there's no reason to go elsewhere. There's no reason to search. You can finally build like a um, like a re- relationship yeah. and then tackle um, everything, all the issues that you kind of want to break down one step after the other. Mm-hmm. So it sucks that she wasn't through insurance, but I know with Open Path, you pay a one-time membership fee and then you have access to all of the, their providers. Oh, and then, you get, and then every provider will kind of, I think they rate like your income or your... I think it's based off of income and social economic status, I think, something like that. Is this and only in Atlanta? I I have to check on that. I think it's like, a, it might be a national thing. So I think all of US should have it. Okay, okay. That's People interesting. in England might have it easier with, be, well, I don't know about easy with anything mental health, but because NHS is free, essentially. So mm. you kind of, have, I mean, that's the only way somebody would say, oh, we can just sit here and talk. The woman gonna get paid either way. She's gonna sit down. Look Abby, at your face. if you like, paid. come and sleep on her couch. Right. <laughs> so they would take. It might be slow in the UK for you to get like a lot of progress out of your sessions because no one's in a rush. Mm. But also that can also be a benefit. But for us out here in the US, we already know it has to be within your network to, to find like a provider, and not many providers are um, taking insurance. Yeah. Not many practices, especially for behavioral or mental health. Not many practices take your insurance. And the out-of-pocket fees. I, I was saying in a previous episode, like I, $150. I'm like, if I pay $150 to speak to you for 45 minutes, I mean, we also right. pay that much money for like hair and other things. But that's different. <laughs> priorities. Going. If there's like yeah. five, four, four weeks in a month, you probably go to therapy, let's say at least two times times a month. Exactly. That, if you want to go $150, that's $300. A month to in talk. A, wait, what? Hell the Nigerian no. in me refuses. Asper, she refuses. Chuku Jokwa. It does not happen. <laughs> can I can we cannot do that. We can't. We cannot we can do that. Not. But I think you know what I'm here learning from you. Um because uh, in my in the first episode when we talk about therapy in the first two episodes we're talking to people who are who are seeing black um african-american therapists mm-hmm. and so a lot of the conversations around therapy on social media especially from black women is that you know finding a black female therapist has been very helpful to them and so in my journey looking for therapy i've been sort of thinking to myself maybe i should find a black mm-hmm. female therapist what i've heard from you now that right finding a black therapist didn't was not the style you needed and you've been it, with a, a Caucasian a white woman thus far and it seems to be working no, for you no 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 let me correct okay. my therapist from England and my therapist from Colorado were both white um, we're both Caucasian females mm-hmm. however my therapist right now is a black woman okay okay and okay, I think so we good have for that two, clarification yes mm-hmm. for two going on two plus years now mm. she's from i think she's from the bahamas if i'm not mistaken okay interesting yeah interesting. so there's a little bit of we can kind of relate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the similarities um, yes yeah. yes we have and the- she also has a very wide network of patients she sees a lot of students at emory which has a emory has a lot of international students so she's yeah. very mm. um versed on like culture mm. and she just kind of understands mm. that's yes. good that's good a grief counselor that um i've seen recently um uh is from one of the islands i forget which one i think maybe the bahamas as well or barbados mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and even just like she would bring in like she understood 
the the moments where culture versus religion versus like just like self self like preservation clashed Mm -hmm. versus like family like family responsibilities and she said you know ask like i think she's also the first thing she's like the first daughter or the second daughter she's like she just being able to share those similarities say i see where you're coming from and i understand why this just feels like a melting pot where nothing seems mm-hmm. to make sense versus other people might just be like, ah, yeah, why, why? Like, if you know, if it doesn't work for you, re- remove yourself from the situation. I'm like, how am I supposed to remove myself from the situation? These are my father's people. These are my mother's people. This is right. my family. This is my village. If anything happens now, this is the only place that I can go and see that nobody will chase me from the land. So right. <laughs> you have to like, you have to manage those relationships with care. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to say like, you ha- I, have to, I have to be more open is what I'm learning. Like as I'm yes, looking and you have this, to be patient. Patience, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because it's been taking, a, it's been a long journey. Um, and so far, I mean, I'm thankful that my body hasn't caught up to the, the chaos that is running through my mind most of the time. I think with work <laughs> as well, I'm really exposed to a lot of like stories about trauma um Mm -hmm. like that our community faces you know and it's just how do you process that how do you process that um and finding healthy ways to balance those emotions um Mm -hmm. so that's that's why i'm on this journey right (laughs) of like looking and talking to other people right about it so if you were talking if somebody wanted to get get like some tips from you on 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 like seeking out therapy Mm -hmm. what would you what would you like advise them just like top things honestly at first i would say you have to be patient expect like depending how where you where you're located and what your healthcare system is like no matter what you have to be patient because patient because if you're already stressed out you're already frustrated you're already on edge nothing's you you would only be adding to your stress without mm-hmm. without patience to say oh i'm looking for a therapist everything's not going right i need to find a therapist you're only going to make it drive yourself crazy i'll say start with um, so many sources at, sources at the same time like call up your insurance see what they have most insurances have networks there's a very high chance that you wouldn't like any of the providers within your insurance network and that's why I say you also want to go out of your way and go do like a free um free search on google and say like um behavioral clinics around me or behavioral specialists around me it's a good thing to even say oh counseling services around me or just anything like that and just begin to call up practices and say oh I'm looking to see if I could just have a consult mm-hmm. with someone it always starts with a consult if it takes you going to four different um, vis- um appointments or consultations in a week to finally see which one kind of like you know clicks for you which is within your network which what your insurance will cover it's definitely worth the time you're not just going to you know all of a sudden click with the very first person you have a meeting. I mean, you could, it happens, you know, um, but you have to have an open mindset also. If you're very specific or adamant about um, therapy in the first place, you're definitely going to have some reservations. Everything about the very first person you see is probably going to say, oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with me. Oh, I don't want to talk to you, you know? So you really have to have them ready your mindset at first. You need to just have an open mind and say, let's see what I get out of this. Let me see if I can learn anything for this person. So that's kind of like my biggest resource. And I'll definitely give Penel the um, information for Open Path. So it might be helpful to somebody else. Who knows? Definitely. I'll insert it in, in, in the podcast post, um, post editing. <laughs> 
This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing. I mean, 10 years of therapy, you are a wealth of knowledge. Um, <laughs> and also someone in the medical field as well. We've learned so much um, tricks and tips on how to actually like make sure you're getting what you need, talking to the right people, mm-hmm. therapy spanning continents as well. And with as a student, you also bring in that less of well, a former student or soon to be students. I don't know where you land in this in this. Uh, Please, um, <laughs> right now, I'm a re- at the moment, I'm a retired student. I'm a re- retired student you have some some reflections on your time um and how you used your school services to get you what you needed ultimately Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for joining us we love you very very much all the time we'd love to have (laughs) you back we'll talk to you about education at some point in time so we understand absolutely because i'm pretty sure after this i'm going to think of a million things i should have told you guys i'm like oh oops there's that oops that's just the way my brain works i think after the after the fact we welcome um, it. There's we're talkatives here. As Madam Talkative, we talk about that. everything. Matter no the finish. Matter no the finish. We'll still be talking. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. And- And if you're still here, thank you for listening to an entire episode of the Madam Talkative podcast. I'm your host, Pinel. We'd love having you around. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever the app decides you need to do to get more updates and notifications for new episodes. And also look for us on Instagram at Madam Talkative Podcast. See ya.